You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. As Pastor David mentioned, uh, I'm Douglas Kirsten. I get to work with the students in this church and the community and surrounding areas. So if you're in this room and you're in grades 6 through 12, I should be seeing you every week. Uh, if you're in grades 9 through 12, you can come tonight at the Parkside Building in Oakmont. Um, you can still walk across the old bridge if you're afraid to drive through New Ken or Highland Park. Um, you can still walk across. We have some students that do that. So 7 o'clock tonight for high school, 7 o'clock on Wednesday for junior high. Uh, I love those kids. I love you kids, you that are in here. I love you guys. Um, so how many of you have gotten a chance to see the new building? The, the new building in Oakmont, well, it's, the building's still the same, but the inside's different. Okay, so like five of you, it's great. The other, like, the other 80 of you, um, it wouldn't be considered like church infidelity if you went to that site on a Sunday just to check it out. Uh, it's really awesome. And the cool thing about going and checking it out um, is not just like the cool lights and the stage and all that. So like that stuff's neat and it's awesome. But that is seeing the fruits of the labor of several years of work, prayer, financial giving, um, energy and time and work and people donating things and donating time. It's just awesome to see what, what happens when one church body comes together uh, and just does something awesome for the glory of God. That we have this new building not for our own pride or not just to make us look cool, but so more people can come and know about Jesus. So go check it out. Look up pictures. There are tons of videos that a bunch of people have put on Facebook and Instagram. Um, check it out. And I, I got to play a, a very small role in the renovation process. Um, very small because I have not many handiwork giftings. I'm not like good with power tools. That's not my thing. Like the only thing I contribute to my house is whenever uh, my wife has something she wants hung on the wall. I have OCD, so I like things being centered and level and spatially arranged perfectly. That's all I've got. Give me a hammer and a nail and that's it. But like power saws and drywall and floor and lighting, like stuff scares me. So when I went and I said, hey, I've got like three days. What do you guys need? They said, will you clean blinds? I said, that sounds great. There's nothing that I need to plug in. Uh, sounds perfect. So they gave me a bunch of blinds from the, from the basement. I didn't steal these. These are not from the church. These are other blinds. But so I had the blinds. And John Churchill set me up. Man, he really hooked me up with the right tools. He gave me purple power. It's this uh, spray cleaner stuff. It, it's incredible. I don't know what the purple of the power is, but it's awesome. You just spray it on, and then you rinse it off. It's really simple. That's why they gave the task to me. So he set me up outside. I had this big rack that I would like— the people at Brugger's probably had a great time just watching me outside. I would hang up the blinds on this rack, and my finger got sore from spritzing. Because uh, it wasn't like the purple power doesn't come in like a hose mechanism. It's just a little like spritzer bottle. So I was out there for like three and a half hours just it got to a point where sometimes I would do horizontal swipes, sometimes I'd do vertical, sometimes I'd go bottom up. I had to give it a variety, and eventually I had to switch hands, but my left hand is just, it's dumb. It doesn't do anything right. So I would end up having to like squeeze the bottle with both hands because my hands were getting sore. And then Josh Beadle showed up at the perfect time and said, how can I help? I was like, you can do all of this. I'm hungry. I want a lunch break. So I went home and I had lunch. 
But uh, something else that really like satisfied my OCD is that I got to spray it on and then the hose, and it, was, it had like eight different settings, and I got it on the vertical sweep, and there was something about being able to go five blinds at a time, horizontally sweeping, and just seeing all the dirt running off in like a systematic fashion. It made me feel really good. And the blinds looked incredible afterwards. Uh, they looked really good. So purple power, shameless plug for purple power. I don't know where you get it. I don't know how much it is. Get some purple power. It's great for your blinds. Um, and I felt bad because while I was outside cleaning the blinds, Pastor Bill walks by. He goes, oh, hey, can I bring my blinds down? And I said, no. <laughs> but I probably should have been a little bit more willing to serve and, you know, say, yeah, sure, bring them on over. But I, I don't want any of your blinds. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to clean them. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll be using this as, a, as an illustration in a moment. Man, it'd be awesome if this, like, sat right here. I don't think it's going to. But boy, that would be really— Oh, nope, nope. All right, all right, we'll set it back here. So today, in thinking about those blinds, though— Yep, not going to fall. We're good. In thinking about those blinds, what are you focused on and what might be getting in your way— of what you want to be focusing on? What are the blinders in your life? On the windows of your life, when you're looking out and God wants us to be focused on him, what are you allowing or what are you putting in the way of seeing God? And how often do you not even realize that the blinds are closed? How often do you just fall into these habits or these, these trends or you're so focused on certain things and we're going to talk about what a lot of those things could be in your life, but how often do they go even unnoticed? There are times where Leah will walk into the apartment and she'll say, why are you sitting in darkness? And I just didn't even realize that I didn't have the curtains open. I was just sitting there. I was just so used to being there. And I just walked in from work. I was tired. I just sat down. And I didn't even think that I wasn't even letting the light in because it goes unnoticed. It goes unrecognized sometimes. But today I feel strongly that God wants us to open our eyes. He wants us to remove the veil that is hindering our vision of the things of God. So today we're going to talk a lot about reflecting, and we're going to use two definitions for reflect. We're going to use the idea of contemplating and pondering and thinking, reflecting on things, and then we're also going to use the idea of reflecting uh, in the way that a mirror or a reflector on a bike or a car uh, would function. So we're going to use three terms for how we're going to look and reflect. Hindsight, which is our way of looking back and reflecting on things of the past. Insight, which is how we will respond and act in the present. And then foresight, which is how we will look forward and keep our eyes focused on things unseen that are ahead of us. So in hindsight, we are going to today begin by reflecting on the glory of God. Now this could be, like I said, contemplating, pondering, maybe like the idea of meditating, just spending time in focused thought on God. And we're going to turn to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, and we're actually going to go back a few verses to gain some context in chapter 3. So if you are joining us today by podcast, uh, there are some people out there who are going to be listening to this recording. Thank you for listening. We really miss you. We wish you were here today. Um, Join us next week. Um, And if you are here in the room, you can open a Bible. There should be some in the seats in front of you, or if you've brought your own, or you can turn to the Version Bible app or our own Riverside Community Church app and follow along in a live event. Um, it'd be great if you were following along in the scriptures, though. That way we can be reading it all together. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, and as David mentioned, uh, we've been talking about all of these aspects of the unseen gospel, the unseen um, power, and this week we're going to look at the unseen glory, um, and we'll define glory in just a moment. So verse 16, Paul writes, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces 
contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed. I'm going to come back to that in a few moments. Are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, when we think about glory— in Scripture, there are kind of two ideas of glory. We can define glory as giving God the glory, giving Him the credit, giving Him the praise that He deserves and that He is worthy of. That's one way of looking at glory. And the other way is that glory is the living and active presence of God. It often manifested itself in Scripture as fire and light. You'll see that a lot throughout the Old Testament. So we're going to be looking at both ideas, but kind of focusing most on the glory of God being the active presence of God. So when we're thinking about it, we're thinking about God's work, God's presence, um, what he has done for us, what he has done throughout scripture in the past, and what he is promising in the future. But when it says contemplating the Lord's glory are being transformed, it's an interesting thought that it says are being transformed. It doesn't say those who contemplate the Lord's glory have been transformed. It's an active form of transformation that once you begin your transformation by giving your life to Jesus, it's an ongoing process. There's no moment of arrival until we're up in heaven with him wherever we leave here and go there or he comes down and retrieves us. But it's a constant being transformed. Um, And the result of that, when we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. So Paul first describes this idea of glory. He looks back at Moses on the mountain. And Moses is on the mountain, and it's a very scary moment for him because he's up there, and God comes. There's this cloud that surrounds, and all the people are down at the bottom of the mountain. And he has this this great conversation with God that's like kind of scary to him, but at the same time, he's, he's got this personal moment with God, and he has everything in his life is cleared away. He is focused and facing completely towards God. There are no blinders in Moses' life in that moment. And when he comes down from the mountain, this is when God is restoring the covenant. He's um, writing on the new tablets. They're establishing the law and the old covenant again. And he, um, he comes down and sees the people, and he faces them. And they, see, they say his face was radiating. Paul came down from the mountain, and his face was radiating to the point where people couldn't even look at him. They were like kind of frightened, and they were trembling at the thought of looking at his face. But it's because he had had that moment where he was facing God. So he came down and he was changed. He was being transformed as a result of that. Um, At one point, um, it it says that they saw his face was radiant after being in God's presence. And, And in this moment, Paul is actually saying to God, he's saying, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. He's saying, God, if your glory is not going to follow us and be with us, then we don't want to go. We want to revel in your glory. We want to be saturated with your glory, totally focused on it. And Paul talks about how awesome that was, but then he says, hey, guess what? The glory from Jesus is even better. If that was, if that was awesome, if what happened with Moses on the mountain was glorious, that was transitory. That was a means to an end. That was just part of a bigger process. The bigger glory, the best glory has come, and that is Jesus. And he, he creates that kind of dichotomy by comparing those that Jesus is the glory in its fullest form. Fullest form. And you can read more about Moses in Exodus um, 33 and 34 if you want to see more about what that glory looked like um, to those people at the base of the mountain. But several times throughout Scripture, Jesus is referred to as a representation of God's glory. In, uh, in the Hebrews, the, the book that we studied throughout this summer, it says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So if you want to have your heart focused on God, you want to have your life focused on God, the best way to see what God is like is to focus on Jesus. 
Focus on Jesus throughout the Gospels. Focus on what Paul was focused on throughout all of his letters, all of his epistles that he wrote through his trials and tribulations in prison and all of his persecution throughout his life. He was focused on Jesus. That was the only thing that carried him through those times in his life. So in what ways were your eyes open when you came to Christ? Those of you in this room that would consider yourself today to be a follower of Jesus, think about that beginning of your transformation. When you contemplated the things of the Lord and you turned your life completely towards Him, how did that transformation start? What were your eyes open to whenever other blinders in your life were removed and you could see God more clearly? There's this idea that whenever we come to God, we realize He's not just waiting to punish us. He wants to make us whole. And we can only see that when we remove the blinders in our lives. I want to take a moment and do a little contemplation exercise. So let's, uh, everybody in the room, close your eyes. I'm going, to, I'm going to guide you through a few things I want you to be thinking about. The first thing to think about is think about what Christ has done. And if you're a new, uh, a new believer to Jesus or you're in this room and you don't uh, consider yourself a follower of Jesus, just bear with me. Think about what Jesus has done. In the simplest form, Christ as Josh Beadle said earlier through the worship set, he said he, he gave up his, his high standing in heaven. He came down, humbled himself as a slave and as a human, and he took the punishment for all of our sins. Jesus went to a cross to be crucified and brutally murdered and shamed and mocked, which is what we really deserved. Now think about what God has done through your past. Think about how he has been present in your life. What has God saved you from? What mistakes and hurt and pain did God use to grow you? How did he prepare you through those times for things that would come along later in life? Reflect on that glory for a moment. Think about the moments that God comforted you. When you didn't know where else you would turn, you had no shoulder to cry on. Reflect on his glory. Think about any success you've ever experienced in school, in work, in relationships, in life. Any success at all. That was God. Reflect on that glory. Don't forget about the people that God placed in your life at exactly the right time, even though you didn't necessarily want them maybe, but you needed them, and God knew that. Reflect on his glory and the way he's used other people to draw you nearer to him. Think about the provisions when you had absolutely no idea how you were going to put food on the table that night for your family. Or have money to pay the bills and keep the lights on. Maybe you were confused, you were a little lost, but God brought you through it. Reflect on his glory. You can open your eyes now. So in hindsight, we look back with unveiled faces, removing the blinders, removing all the us focusing on our own mistakes and maybe what we haven't been able to do or haven't done on our own, but we look back and we see, we see God's work, his consistent presence and his glory in our lives. The process of being transformed, when we look back, we see that. 
Sometimes we forget to look back and see where we've been. Man, I, I look back at where I was five years ago, and this transformation process has been huge. It's changed my life. But now what do we do with that? So we think about it. We can sit and think all day, which is great, but are we doing, doing anything about that? So when we reflect on God's glory in the past, today, with our insight, let's respond by reflecting God's glory and the glory of Jesus today. So this is where we're going to switch the, the definition of reflect to just thinking on that now, now there's a little bit of action involved. Now there's some response involved where we're going to go out and we're going to live our lives in a way that reflects the glory of Jesus. Continuing in 2 Corinthians, we're on to chapter 4 now, verses 4 through 6. Paul continues to write saying, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Some of you maybe who have recently come to faith in Jesus might remember those moments where you were blinded. That was the work. When he says the God of this age, you can interpret that as Satan, as the enemy, as the devil, as the, just the things of this world. The God of this world, of earth, uh, all the sinful nature, stuff that drags us away from God, has blinded us and blinded unbelievers so they can't see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So I ask you today, what is blinding you from seeing the glory of Christ? What do you have in your sight that is blinding you from looking at the things of God? These need a little oil. Oh, and these ones need purple power too, these ones. But what's blocking your sight? Hey, Ryan, would you come hold this for me? Just nice and, nice and front and center. You can stand behind it if you don't want to be seen. You can be blinded by it. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so what's blinding us from the glory of Christ today? Maybe you love the news and you love reading about what's going on in the world. You, you follow politics, you follow all that stuff, and you watch the news at night, and you watch it in the morning, and you get it on your phone throughout the day, and you, um, you, you hear about it through the radio. You're just so focused on the news that maybe sometimes it's blinding you from seeing God. Maybe you're so focused on social media. And I, I'm, I'm talking to myself on this one. I I will flip through Instagram for hours. I don't know why, just looking at other people's lives is so exciting to me. It's very weird whenever I say that out loud. I just love watching. <laughs> oh, look at what they're eating. That looks great. Oh, awesome. Check out his new car. Maybe you're so focused on work. You don't even know that you're a workaholic, but you, you wake up in the morning, and the first thing you think about is, what am I going to accomplish today at work? What's the next corporate ladder rung that I can climb? What's the next payroll level that I can achieve? What's the new status I can get? Or maybe it's school for some of you students. What's the next grade, the next test? What's this SAT score I need to get? Or I need to pass these PSSAs and I need to ace these keystones. And you've got all these markers of your achievement and your abilities and you've put so much emphasis on those. And not all those things are bad things. Doing well in your job is great if your heart's in the right place and if you're focused on Jesus, but are you focused on your own efforts? Maybe you love sports so much that you sit in church with a timer on your phone counting down to when you have to leave to get home to catch the next Steelers game. Or maybe at night whenever... Maybe, maybe you're going through a little rough spot in life and you just use sports as a distraction. Maybe you read Sports Center updates and you're watching that more than you are praying or turning to Jesus or loving the people around you. 
Maybe you're just searching for the next high, the next addiction. Maybe it's this purchase, this material thing, this, oh, and this will, my life will be set when I have this, or whenever I uh, have, whenever I get married and have this person in my life, or whenever we have a kid, like, this will make us complete, or maybe whenever, whenever you get, find that next drug that's going to take you to the next level, or maybe it's alcoholism, and you just keep seeking that enjoyment of being disconnected. You can just unplug from everything whenever you're high, or you're drunk, or whatever feelings you're seeking, or maybe it's pornography, or lust that's getting in your way, and you're blinding Seeing Jesus in your life, you've got these blinders turned so tight, you can't see anything through that. You can't even see he's wearing a red shirt through these blinds because you've got them turned so closed. And in your life, what are you blocking out? I'm sure your arms are getting tired. I can take these back now. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan's awesome. Yeah, give Ryan a hand. I may have you do that again, so rest your arm, you know, stretch. That'd be good. Maybe what's blocking you today is not something that looks like blinds. Maybe it's a mirror. Maybe you're so focused on yourself, on your own problems, on your, your own successes, but your own problems too. You're, you're looking at both, but you're just so self-absorbed that you can't see Jesus because you're too busy looking at yourself, focusing on your own efforts, your own will, your own desires, your plan, what you want, what you like, and you're not focused on what God would have you think about. The funny thing about glory is that it has nothing to do with our will. It has nothing to do with our abilities to do anything because we have no glory of our own, much like the moon. Maybe you didn't know this, but the moon itself does not produce any light. The moon has no glory of its own, has no light-producing abilities. It is only a reflection of the light of the sun. And it's interesting to think about whenever we have, whenever we get like half moon and there's like the, the sliver, I call it the toenail. Whenever it gets to that point, yeah, you call it the toenail too? I thought I was the only one. Toenail, yeah. Wait, did you say thumbnail? Okay, yeah, all right. And sometimes if it was ever sideways, I'd call it a hangnail, but then I'd start to get concerned if it's drooping. Ah, the moon is falling. Um, But the moon is reflecting the light of the sun, and isn't it interesting what gets in the way of that? The shadow cast on it is this world. The things of this world are the ones that are causing the shadow. So maybe, maybe in your life, you're, you're half moon. You're just a sliver. You're just a toenail. Or maybe you're a no moon. Maybe you're a super moon. No? Okay. <laughs> just don't be a blood moon, because that sounds too uh, Halloween-y. But the moon is a reflector of the light of the sun. Okay, that's the idea that we're getting at. And if you think about the reflectors on a bicycle, they don't produce any light on their own. If you're riding a bike at night and there are no streetlights around, there's no headlights around, there's no light on your bike, nobody is seeing you. It's not until a headlight or a streetlight hits those reflectors that it's reflecting something. So what are we doing with our lives? Are we opening our lives up? Are we opening and removing the blinds and the blinders from our lives so that we can reflect the light of God and the glory of God in our lives? Jesus said to his disciples, he said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So we reflect the things on which we are focused. If you are so focused on work, people are only going to see you and your work whenever they look at your life. If you're so focused on sports, people are going to consider you a Steelers fan before a follower of Jesus. If you're so focused on your sinful life and the, these different pursuits that are giving you that next high or giving you that next, that next mountain that you've climbed for success for yourself, that's what people are seeing when they look at you. 
We reflect what we're focused on. The best way to learn how to make that change is to surrender to Jesus and to look at how he did it. In Jesus' prayer, before he heads to the cross, he says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. It's the same light and glory that's coming down, but we all have a unique task ahead of us, a unique calling, a unique path of our life that God wants us to reflect in. So what is the work that he has for you to do? And are you open to it? Maybe today, as David mentioned earlier, you're taking those initial steps towards following Jesus, and the next step for you to reflect the glory of Jesus today is to get baptized. And I don't mean this as a discouragement to more seasoned followers of Jesus, but new Christians shine a little bit brighter. When you are new to your faith, when you first start following him, you've got a fire that is unrecognizable to some older Christians because you're just, you're shining so bright. You're on such fire for God. You just love him so much. You just can't wait to to dig into the scripture and learn more about him and learn about these new worship songs and think about different ways you can praise him with your life. You don't sit around thinking like, yeah, I've I've read that. I'm just going to put that book back on my shelf. I I don't need that anymore. I've been following him for like 15, 20, 30 years. So maybe this is an encouragement to some of you who have been following Jesus longer. Reignite that fire. Shine brighter, but new Christians, if you get baptized, it's an awesome thing because you're proclaiming the name of Jesus for your life. You're surrendering it totally to him in front of a room full of people who are saying, I want to be a part of this journey with you. You notice I didn't hold these blinds up on my own the whole time. I had to have Ryan help me. Getting baptized is you inviting in community saying, hey, guys, I've got some blinders in my life and I can't do this on my own. I need some help. I need some help removing them. I need some help holding up my life and focusing my eyes and my heart and my mind on Jesus. How would your life change if you removed some of those blinders? And not all of them are bad things. Sports in itself is not a bad thing. The news is not a bad thing. Some of those things I listed are bad things, so, you know, get away from those completely. But some of them, they're okay. But where are they in your life? Where are they on your list of priorities? Are they blinding you from seeing God? And if they are, maybe that's, that's, a moment where you stop and take a step back and, and think like, do I need to be looking at Sports Center this many times a day? Do I need to be focusing so much on my grades and achieving that it's making my relationship with Jesus fall away a little bit? That as we move forward in that posture of response, we can reflect on the future glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 is where we'll pick up. Paul says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit. He's telling the church, this is the best thing for you to be totally unveiled and looking and focusing on Jesus. This is for your benefit so that grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. The message version has it that more and more grace reaches more and more people for more and more glory. That's what happens. When we are focused on God's glory in the past, his glory in the future, and we reflect it today, more and more people see Jesus in our lives. They don't see a sports enthusiast or a workaholic or a studyaholic or an alcoholic or any other kind of addict or someone who's so wrapped up in their own problems and their own life that, that that's what they're known for. They see Jesus and it causes thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Love that, overflow. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, because let's face it, every day our bodies are dying just a little bit. 
in little ways, it's, it's the knee here and maybe a bad hip there. Or I got glasses in fourth grade, so I started dying a long time ago. My eyes were like, we quit! <laughs> so outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day. Man, I need to hear that. For our light and momentary troubles, the message version says, it's small potatoes. Your problems are small potatoes because they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. When Pastor Bill and I were looking over these scriptures together, he said, man, I can't help but think that one day in heaven will wipe away our entire life, all of the ups and downs of this world. One day in heaven, we'll forget about all of it. Not to minimize your problems to the point where you can't like look at them as problems, it's fine. But what are you doing about that? Are you trying to handle it on your own? Are you wallowing in your own sadness, your own frustration and anger? And are you acting on that? Or are you turning to God for help? Because there's an eternal glory that's going to outweigh all of it. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is, un, or since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So today, let's be a reflector for God's glory. Reflect on his glory in Jesus throughout Scripture and through our history and the, the salvation, the forgiveness that is freely available to us when we just surrender our lives to him. Reflect on his glory or reflect his glory in your life today. And when you leave here, that's going to look different for every one of us. Maybe you need to reflect more to your coworkers. If you didn't have the blinders up of selfishness and your own agenda, would you talk to your employees that way? Would you respond to your boss in that way? Students, would you respect your teachers more if maybe you were a bit more open and having your life facing Jesus, that you would reflect his love, his grace, and you reflect that to your teachers? What about in your homes? Some student, working in student ministry, I interact with a ton of students that I have to give them the hard truth that you are the light of God in your house. They don't have parents that are following Jesus. So they have this new responsibility that they've got to be the light. So students have to stay focused. Younger kids have to stay focused. Your family needs you. Pittsburgh needs us. This world, this country needs us to be reflecting. So when we reflect on the future glory that outweighs our troubles, so we can be focused on what is ahead. We can be focused on this unseen glory. Most of the reason the glory goes unseen is because we allow our blinders to get in the way. So today, let's remove those blinders. What are you reflecting on? Where is your mind focused? Is that what you want to be reflecting? Are people seeing Jesus in your life? The best question to be asking is, how can you begin to be a better reflector of God's glory? Some of you today might like the idea of thinking that you need to be transformed. You've got these blinders, and my hope and prayer is that as we move into a posture of worship here in a moment, the worship team will rejoin us after I pray. You in your mind are thinking of what, what, what the blinders are in your life. Maybe, maybe you've got a lot of them. Maybe you've got a whole cascade of blinders in your life. Maybe today you take one of those and you, you leave it at Jesus' feet. You come out to the front, you can pray. We'll have people on either side that you can pray with. Or maybe you just kneel at your seat and you say, God, I've, I've got this thing that I love so much, but it's getting in my way of seeing you. And not only seeing you, but it's getting in my way of reflecting you to other people. Today might be a day where you repent. And repent is a, is a twofold word that's kind of a churchy word. Repent or repentance. It means you turn away. You turn away from, so maybe you 
turn your blinds from. Oh, I'm always turning it the wrong way. You turn your blind. You know what? Let's go the easy way. That's better. Maybe today you repent by removing the blinds altogether. You want to have your life totally, completely surrendered and exposed to God and the work through Jesus and the active work he's still doing today through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today can be the beginning of being transformed. And if you've already been in the beginning steps of being transformed, today is a day where you can continue to be transformed. There's still work to be done in our lives, and there is a lot of work to be done outside of those doors. We've got six days before we'll meet again here, corporately. Are you reflecting God's glory over those six days? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you so much for your sacrifice. That at the right time, while we were still sinful, we were still broken and selfish and focused on ourselves, you came down, you took on human form, you experienced the same temptations, you yourself got baptized. And to the glory of your Father, you completed the work that he established for you to do, and now you've got work for us to do. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. Thank you that we get to and have the opportunity to participate in building your kingdom. But Jesus, that's only going to happen today if you can help us remove these blinders from our lives. Holy Spirit, help us see what the next steps are that we need to take to remove these blinds so we can see you more clearly. God, the only way that we can build your kingdom and share your love and your grace and shine light is to push this world out of the way so we can be a better reflector and have our lives totally facing you. Our hearts, our minds, our eyes, everything we've got, God, we give it to you today. I pray for those in the room who might be taking those first steps to surrender to Jesus. God, it's so exciting, those first steps of being transformed. And I pray you would guide their steps to make those decisions to get baptized next week. God, more than anything, will you get the glory today? Will you get all the glory for tomorrow and Tuesday and the rest of the week? And when we look back on our lives and we look back at the trophy moments of our lives and the success moments and the deepest pits and valleys of despair and hurt and depression, God, we can see your glory. And may you get the glory for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.